Hey guys, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you. I don't know when you're choosing to tune into this episode, but I'm glad you are. I'm glad we have a podcast so that we can tune in at our own leisure and still try to be on the same page every week in full count as we go through Luke, which we are in week six of the Luke Journal, and we are in chapter nine. Carter here, and I am so thankful to have Kevin Pomeroy on today with us, a baseball ministry partner and a friend of mine. Jesus is walking with his disciples, and we'll see that he gives them more responsibility at the beginning of this week's readings and on into chapter 9, and we'll talk about that. But also, in the highlight for this week, we'll discuss what denying yourself actually means. So, let's dive in. Our vision is to give every baseball player around the world the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, respond to the message, and grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast with Full Count Ministries. All right, Kevin. Hey, thanks for coming on to the podcast this week. Uh, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Man, it is an honor to be here. It has been a journey. I, <laughs> I hope none of the people that we serve with know what we've went through <laughs> to make this podcast take place. Kevin, are you the new executive director? Uh, yes, I feel that way. I'm, I'm, I'm actually borrowing Jacob's office here um, <laughs> because I've had some technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, with my own computer, so we have uh, moved a lot of moving parts to get together today, but I'm excited about it, Carter. It's always, I'll do anything to talk to you. Yeah, I think we first met on a mission trip. We were roommates, I think. We were. I mean, I I, I helped you make the decision to marry your wife, I believe. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's how I remember it. I don't know how you recall it, but you were a lost lost kid and i just said yeah i I just talked you through that and i believe you were engaged (laughs) shortly after that so i was glad i could be such a huge part uh of you and carly's relationship yeah i mean always yeah team room matthew room matthew back at the old house in okata i believe is where me and you stayed and uh it was a pleasure getting to know you you've always been uh very special to me buddy and i'm uh, I am so, man, I just love you. So thanks for having me. I love everything that you do in the ministry. You, I mean, led trips. Lost Mesas is your big one that you go on. Really develop your relationships with those guys up on the mountain. Pour your heart into this ministry. The Christmas tree light is a, is a big thing you do, and you've touched a lot of people through that and had guys join you in that. I feel like the community uh, really looks forward to that a lot every year. Just so many things that you're involved in from D groups to mission trips. Thank you so much for, for everything you do and coming on today. You are more than welcome. I think it is a, uh, uh, the thing I love about this ministry that God taught me eight years ago on my first trip was uh, all glories to him. But if you'll just say yes mm. and put your yes on the table, he, he will do things that we can't even possibly imagine. Uh, and we need to be reminded of that. That's kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit here in Luke 9 as he's getting to know his disciples. But uh, it's like we doubt him. Uh, but when we just say yes and are obedient to him, I think that's really what full count was. Uh, a bunch of guys who said yes, starting with Nathan years ago and leading to countless number of men and what God's done through those yeses. And that's really uh, what the tree light or anything else I've 
Uh, it's not me. It's just been me saying yes and being willing to serve. And God has moved mightily through that. And uh, uh, I, I really believe that's that's what we're going to talk about today here in Luke. Yeah, that's right. When we move on into Luke 9 for this week, the disciples were called. They were called by Jesus to follow him. And at the end of chapter 8, we saw some pretty amazing miracles happen. Uh, and the disciples got to see that. We talked about uh, Jesus calming a storm. And then he heals people at the end of the end of chapter 8, cast out demons. And then at the beginning of 9, he talks about how, well, the scripture talks about how he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. So that's, that's a pretty big deal. And then we see more of his relationship with the disciples over um, this chapter. And Kevin, we went through a a study actually called The Twelve Ordinary Men by John MacArthur. And maybe you can just comment on that in relationship to this chapter. It would maybe point people in the right direction of what's happening with their relationship. Yeah, Carter. So, yeah, that study was uh, great. That's another podcast on itself that yeah. that really came at a, at a time in my life where I needed it. But really, the crux of 12 Ordinary Men, if, you, if any of you guys hadn't read it, I encourage you to do. It just shows how Jesus came and called the disciples and how they were really ordinary guys. And how he chose them, he poured into them, and ultimately built his church through them. We went every week and we looked at his relationship with a different disciple. When I, leave, when I read this, you're right, Luke 9, I think that's kind of where we're at. Uh, the disciples have been called. Now Jesus is really wanting to work through them. In all of our walks, I think that happens. Uh, I think we hit a point where we where we come to save in faith in Christ. And then it's like, okay, Christ says, now I need you. The gospel came to you. Now i got to figure out for you how to take it through you to other people. Um, mm. and, and how you can impact the world for me. And, and that's what I think is happening in Luke 9 is, is the Lord Christ is trying to say, okay, I've got to send my disciples abroad now. i got to send you out to heal, to cast out demons. We've got to start doing the work of the Lord. It's this amazing journey uh, step by step as they start to do these things and try to figure out how they can do them and not go back to their human ways, which we all do, when another task is put in front of them and Jesus tries to show them, I can do all things. You got to keep coming back to me. And I really think that's kind of uh, what it is. I mean, uh, I read it like this. The Lord Jesus is the fountain of power and authority to whom all creatures must in one way or another be subject. And if he goes with the word of his ministers in power to deliver sinners from Satan's bondage, they may be sure that he will care for their wants. And I think what he's doing in Luke 9 and what he's trying to do with all of us and in our disciples group is say, I am God. I have defeated Satan and I'm ready to use you to go. And if I take you to a situation, you've got to trust that the power of God will come through you to overcome whatever situation that might be. Mm -hmm. Um and that's hard for us, right? I mean, that's yeah. I'm sure it was hard for them, and it's hard for us. It's hard for me. I don't know about for you. So what I thought about when you were talking about that is we kind of need to take an inventory of where our guys are at occasionally and see, hey, these guys are sitting back. They're listening. 
which is great. I mean, the disciples, when they came into the relationship with Christ, were just basically walking with him and seeing what he was doing and learning that way. And then in chapter 9, he gives them tasks to do, things to do in the kingdom, be a part of that. And then, you know, Jesus says, I'm going to die and go away, and I'm going to leave this to you. Not not all, all of it, but a lot of the responsibility uh, is going to be on you guys when I leave. So there is a progression in our walk with Christ, taking responsibility in the kingdom. How do you, as you've seen in your D groups, probably, I mean, I don't know how many years you've done it, but you've had different D groups and seeing guys walk from just hearing the gospel to moving on the relationship. How do you gauge that? How do you push them to do more? What are some things, Kevin, that you maybe used at times to really get guys going, uh, get the ball rolling? Yeah, that's a great question, Carter, because I think that's what's happening here. He's taking them from calling them. They've been following him for a little while. They've seen him, Susan Virgo. Now he's starting to say, okay, it's time for you guys to do this you know I've been doing this now I think this is my seventh full year so I'm about to see two full freshmen through seniors graduate and that's that's pretty overwhelming and it's not about age but what I have seen over the years is normally we have times where we have big numbers we have small numbers like we've talked about now but I know those guys that are dialed in and the ones that are really seeking and I have found that Sometimes as leaders, we don't want to scare them away with too much Jesus because we know they're high school kids or we know what they're doing. So we but these ones that keep coming back, I think it's our role to really challenge them to how to do some things daily and ask them some very direct questions about who is it that God's put in your life to impact for him? Mm-hmm. Who is that? You've been with me, and we'll use Tater as an example here. All right, so I'm doing a little bit of a rewind here in post-production just to give you a little bit of context about this kid. Uh, Tater's his nickname. He was in a D group with Kevin and I uh, going through his freshman year, and now he's gone all the way up. And now he's a senior at Portland High School, and he's been super involved in full count, going on mission, uh, involved in the fall league on Nathan Davenport's team. Um, Yeah, so that's a little bit of context. You've been with me when we were trying to get Tater to meet Jesus. And then I believe you were there to we, the day we prayed for Jay, Tater to receive Jesus, and he got saved. And, and you've seen him a lot in his growth since then. Tater's at a point now where it's time for me to push him and ask him those questions. As his discipler, I'm not doing him a favor leading his D group the same way I did it when he didn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. For him, I have to do more. I have to reach out to him a little personally. Uh, I have to text him and say, hey, can you send out the group me to meet next Monday? I'm going to be out of town. I start giving him things to do to take a little bit of ownership so he can start testing and growing in his faith. I've seen this with a young man, Jordan Goff, who now works for me. It was in my first D group. I was really floored by this. Um, We were coming back from a business trip to Knoxville about a month ago. And he said, hey, Kevin, I know you still meet with a group of guys your age on top of your D groups. And he said, I've really struggled with asking some guys my age to meet and do a weekly Bible study. It's time for me to do that. Do you have a good book that these four guys I'm going to ask to start meeting at my house can start working through? 
Wow, um, that's huge. That's and awesome. I'm, I'm going to cry, but uh, it's humbling that he sees some fruit and it challenges him. But at the same time, I wish I would have, instead of been training him how to sell insurance the last year and a half, that I would have pushed him and said, hey, Jordan, are you leading the group right now? Mm. Praise God he came to that on his own. Well, he didn't come to it on his own, but God did it. So that would be my thing for leaders. If you're going to start challenging these guys, not challenging them for themselves, challenging them in their faith, challenging them to pray about one person specifically, or challenge them to pray about one person they can be nice to or ask to hang out, or one person they can invite to D group. So they can start seeing that God will do that and honor that uh, because that person they put on their heart, God put that person on their heart. All right, Kevin, let's move into the highlight for the week. Uh, I know we've talked about it a lot already, but it's called Deny Yourself, mm. uh, and it's on page 74 of the physical copy of the journal, if you guys want to turn to that. So we're in Luke 9, 18 through 27. And Kevin, what are what are your thoughts on this in light of the, the whole chapter and what we've been talking about? Uh, Jesus does say, uh, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves mm. and take up their cross daily and follow me. So what does that mm. mean to you? And what does that, what should that mean to our D groups? So here's the thing. This is unbelievably good stuff. And I, and I appreciate that, what it means to me, but I really think this is a passage of scripture when we got to dig in and say, no, no, no. What did this mean? Okay. Yeah. Because I think the one thing we don't do and what's wrong with uh, Western Christianity, shall we say, is we don't count the cost. Mm. We don't count the cost. My older son, Jackson, who you've been on a mission trip with, I love that little dude. He thinks he wants to play baseball all the time, right? Uh, He's not a baseball player. He's not a baseball player because he does a real good job of counting the cost. He goes on mission trip with us and he plays some and has a good time. And you've seen Mm -hmm. that. Or he'll, he'll play with his brother who is a baseball player. Uh, every now and then he'll pick up a glove and he's got a really, he's got a really strong arm. He's got some gifts, but he cannot stand the work it takes Mm. to be a baseball player. The off season throwing, the practicing, the stuff that nobody sees. Every time he got asked this week to go out for station camps, freshman team, and he came home and he was all excited. And he said, dad, I don't know. I'm thinking about doing this. I said, you know, they're going to practice every day and play every day between now and the end of the school year, and you're going to be expected to play on a summer league. Oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't love it that much. That's a sad way to say the way we approach our Christianity and our faith. I don't think any of us want to go to hell. I think we think it's fun. It would be fun to go to heaven one day. I think when we go to the Scripture and the music right and the lights are right, it's cool to raise our hand. And I think what is happening here in 18 through 27 is we're really being asked, count the cost. What Christ is going to say down in verse 23, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. I want to paint a picture for you, see, because these people would have had a really clear example of what that meant when Jesus told them to take up their cross. 
No one who was ever crucified didn't carry their own cross. So when you were crucified, the first thing after you might would they would have put your cross on your back and you would have carried your cross. So the symbolism there is and and where were people Carter put on crosses? Where where were the crosses at? That's where you died. Yeah. And and physically what was the location? Oh, they were uh, on the top of a of a hill. Hill yeah. Golgotha or a mountain. Yeah. That's right. Hills and mountains. So I think of the first time me and you ever found Las Mesas. As we're down there in that town of Las Mesas and we're trying to lead these people to Christ. What Jesus is telling them right now is right now here in the village, I need you to die in front of your peers and your family. And I need you to put your cross on your back. And I need you to hike up that mountain carrying your death on your back, glorifying me all along the way. Because it's going to be hard. It's going to cost you a lot. It's going to be painful. It's going to be trying. But you're going to do it for the glory of God. I think we don't do that. And I think that's the image that God put on me this week is we talk about denying ourselves. I hear people say a lot, well, I'm going to fast. I'm going to make fun of me. I'm going to fast from sweet tarts for this month. You know how I love my sweet tarts. Like I'm going to really deny myself some flavored sugar. And, 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 and I'm going to do that to grow closer to the Lord. And if you're listening to this, please don't think I'm trying to demean whatever sacrifice you're making. But sometimes we water down the Word of God. Mm. And what God is saying in our highlight this week is the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of law, and he must be killed then to be raised on the third day. That's verse 22. That's what Jesus had to do. And so then he comes to the next verse and he says, so if you want to be my disciple, here's what you have to do. You have to do that same thing to yourself. You have to take that image and you have to bear that cross. And it's not sugar and it's not rap music. It's your life. Mm. And you've got to publicly die to your old life and carry it through your town up on a mountain for everybody to see, to glory God the Father. So that's what we're dealing with this week. Was that too heavy? No, that's exactly what Jesus is calling all of us to do. I think that's exactly what we need to teach this week. See down in verse yeah, see down in verse twenty six it says, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. And I think when you when you read this all in order and come down, he's saying by not dying to me, mm-hmm. by not carrying your cross, by not putting it on your back, by not publicly dying to your ways, that's what he's referring to by being ashamed of him. And that's hard because a lot of us want to keep our high school kids, they want to make school, they'll come to D group and they want to make school from eight to three kind of look like everybody else. And we need to talk to our kids. You need to visually imagine carrying your cross through the hallways of your school. But then that finger is going to point back at all our leaders and say, okay, you've got to figure out a way to carry your cross through the hallways of your office. So 
so after after talking about that 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 is i mean pretty heavy i mean it's not just changing your life it's it's a new life it's not uh denying the sweet tarts what you're saying it's uh no it's verse 24 whoever loses their life will save it i know what the challenge could be could be giving your life to christ this week maybe it's maybe it is something really hard that you need to do that you need to change but kevin what are what's something these these d groups can hold on to and really focus on this week as a challenge i think what i what i've been praying for and what you know, I think every leader, God is sovereign, and He will spot. He will speak to every leader uh, if they prepare and pray, and and they'll let them know where to go. Uh, but for me, I'm going to start with question one: what What does deny yourself mean? And I'm going to go over what I just went over with you. I want them to answer it, but then I want to come back and say, "Okay, now we know what God meant: deny yourself to me." And how do you apply that? And let them ponder on that. How, how, how do you apply that? And 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 that's where I'm going to go with it. Uh, I think there's some other areas on there that people can take uh, practically. Uh, what you know? Do you do you seek to please yourself or to please God? Question three on here that you have. That's a very good one that I would I I would think some of our leaders could use because that's going to start some good conversation. Because uh, uh, I think most of us. All of us are going to say, "Well, heck, I choose to please. I, I, I choose myself all day long." So that's going to lead you to a practical. Okay, what's some things that you can quit choosing for yourself and start choosing uh, with the Lord? Um, I, I think the daily part is the hard part, and I think a lot of these kids that are coming are no different than me or you or our leaders, and really no different than the disciples. We forget about the daily, meaning the challenge is wake up in the morning and go to the Father Mm. and ask Him to take your life and give you the strength and the courage to carry your cross. I think that's the step we all miss. Go back to what He's done for you in the past. Me and you were talking off air about these disciples, how knuckleheaded they seemed, you know, they would go heal the demons, they uh, cast out demons, and they healed some sick, and then they got to the, uh, they'd already seen some miracles, and they said, well, they want to be fed, Jesus, so we ought to just tell them to go home. And he said, well, no, we'll just feed them. Well, how? Well, I tell you what, just feed them, just crack the bread, tell them to get in groups, and, and they'll be enough. That was them not going back and realizing who God is, realizing who Jesus was. Not on purpose. That's just our sinful nature to go back and get trapped in our humanity. So I think a lot of our kids are just like us and the disciples, meaning we've we've come to saving grace in Christ. We know that he brought a, made dead men walk again. We know that we've been given his righteousness. But then we go through our day and we wake up in the morning And we wake up already carrying our sinful body. And I think that's why the visual there is, is you're carrying this body until you go to the other side. Mm. So what you got to do is start your day off and say, okay, Lord, put that cross on the back of this sinful body of mine so I don't forget who I'm living for today. That would be the challenge I would go to with the guys. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. It's a, this is a, 
a really, really important topic for the study, the Gospel of Luke. And we could talk about this even longer, I feel like. We could talk, we could get into more of the details, but um, I think we're going to have to wrap it up for this week. Uh, thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, always enjoy talking to you. Uh, thank you for pouring into us and loving us the way you do. So appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, I, I hope that you get encouragement from this this week's study and uh, see the importance of this week, how this could really be a life changer, this conversation with these guys this week, um, if, you, if you really pour your heart out and you really ask them some tough questions. So love you guys. Reach out to us if you have any questions, if you need to talk, if you need prayer, uh, we're here for you. Uh, love you guys. Have a great week. hope you have enjoyed this episode of the training for an eternal crown podcast you can visit our website for more resources and also find this podcast on all major platforms full count ministries exist to create disciples using the game of baseball we are a non-profit ministry and if you have benefited from this resource we would encourage you to consider donating to the cause to reach every baseball player with the gospel giving them the opportunity to respond to the gospel and then to grow in the relationship with jesus please like subscribe and share this podcast so that you can play a part in accomplishing the mission that god has put on our hearts for baseball players around the globe. globe.